chapters one and two of night operations for infantry compiled for the use of company officers nineteen sixteen this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org recording by david wales night operations for infantry by charles tyrrett dawkins chapter one the importance of careful training in night operations although in recent years there has been a marked increase in the practice of night operations yet i doubt if the majority of officers have realized that the changing conditions of war tend to make night fighting a much more common occurrence in the future than it has been in the past a brief study of the accounts of the russo-japanese war shows that as time went on both combatants evinced a growing tendency to resort to night attacks and to employ in their execution forces of considerable strength it is therefore reasonable to assume that in future wars similar circumstances will compel the adoption of similar methods moreover if we consider the results which are likely to follow from the facilities for the acquisition and the rapid transmission of information offered by airships and wireless telegraphy respectively and from the increased efficiency of firearms we are compelled to realize that in all future wars operations carried out under cover of darkness not only for the purpose of massing troops in a favorable position for further action but also for the actual assault of particular localities will become a matter of constant occurrence indeed as a french officer from whose book i have gathered many hints on night training points out night fighting can no longer be regarded as something abnormal and exceptional but as the power of firearms increases so will combats in the dark become more frequent and necessary for this reason it seems to me to be most important that we should establish a systematic method of training our men it is an axiom that in order to master any subject properly the student must first be instructed in its elementary details and it is in this respect that at present our system fails during the annual course of training a few night operations are carried out by companies by battalions and by brigades but during the rest of the year little attention is paid to night work and in many units at any rate no attempt is made during the winter to give the soldier that elementary instruction which is indispensable to fit him to take an intelligent part in operations in the dark it must be remembered that many of our men up to the time of their enlistment have passed their lives entirely in large towns and have rarely been beyond the range of street lamps such men when first taken out in the dark are helpless they start at every shadow stumble even on level ground make a terrible amount of noise and are generally in such a state of nervous excitement that they are hardly responsible for their actions yet these same men by a short course of careful individual instruction can be trained to work together with confidence on the darkest night and when once they have gained confidence their further instruction is comparatively easy if in daylight the moral is to the physical as three is to one there can be no question that at night the proportion is many times greater indeed i doubt if the true ratio can be estimated at all 
history furnishes many instances of night fighting in which the success achieved has been out of all proportion to the number of the victors but it also teaches us that in most cases at any rate the defeat of the beaten side was due to disorganization through panic now it is unquestionable that the best troops if suddenly called on to face conditions to which they are not accustomed are liable to panic and it is to make sure that night fighting shall not be a strange occurrence in our army that i advocate closer attention to training in it i am aware that some officers maintain that it is a mistake to risk the chances of a night attack because even if the attack is successful the want of light will prevent it being followed up this may be a sound argument against making a night attack but it is obviously no argument against training men for night fighting whether we attack by night ourselves or not it is quite certain that our enemies will sometimes attack us and unless we are prepared to be taken at an enormous disadvantage we must train our men to meet them in the dark besides even the opponents of night fighting do not dispute the value of an attack delivered with the first appearance of daylight and an attack at dawn necessitates an advance during what are often the darkest hours of the night with the possibility of its interruption by a counter-attack at any moment to carry out such an operation with any prospect of success even in the most open country it is essential that both officers and men should have the highest possible training in our army with men enlisted for a term of seven years with the colors we have far greater opportunities of accustoming our troops to night fighting than most nations have and if we choose to do so we can bring our training to a high state of efficiency it seems to me to be folly to ignore our situation and not to take every pains to train our men to carry out operations by night since in view of our comparatively weak numbers efficiency in night fighting may be of the utmost value to us in any future war it is with the object of inducing officers to pay closer attention to this branch of their men's training that i put forward a few hints on a progressive method of instruction which i have personally proved to produce useful results in order that it may be made clear that training for night operations is a normal and necessary part of the soldier's education a training which is to be carried out continuously throughout his whole service and not confined to the short periods of company and battalion training i advocate the commencement of the elementary instruction while the recruit is still at the depot chapter two elementary instruction the first thing to be done is to accustom the soldier to darkness to teach him to overcome the nervousness which is natural to him and to train his powers of vision and hearing to suit conditions which are strange to him training of vision two or three men under an instructor should be taken out to ground with which they are perfectly familiar the instructor will direct them to notice the different appearance which objects present at night when viewed in different degrees of light and shade the comparative visibility of men under different conditions of dress i e in khaki in a tunic in shirt-sleeves etc 
when viewed against different backgrounds the ease with which bright objects are seen especially if in movement if there is rising ground in the vicinity the difference in the visibility of men standing on the skyline or on the sides of the slope should be noted experiments in the distance at which a match struck in the open and also under cover of some object or a man smoking can be seen should also be made blank cartridges should be fired and recruits taught to judge the direction in which the rifle was pointing and its approximate distance from them training of hearing to train their powers of hearing men placed a few yards apart should be made to guess what a noise heard is caused by and the approximate position of it the rattle of a mess tin the working of the bolt of a rifle the movement of a patrol the throwing down of accoutrement low talking or any noise likely to be heard on outposts may be utilized special pains must be taken to impress upon the men the penetrating power of the human voice the distance at which men talking even in a low voice can be heard on a still night is astonishing and as it is a sound which cannot be mistaken for anything else and which disturbs birds and animals more than any other it is most important that the recruit should be shown the absolute necessity of keeping perfect silence at this stage it is a good practice to post the men in pairs at intervals along an alignment which the instructors endeavour to cross unnoticed the instructors should cross from both sides so as to compel the recruits to watch in every direction finding bearings when the recruit has become accustomed to the dark and entirely overcome his nervousness he should be taught to find his bearings by the pole star to check the direction of his advance by means of stars landmarks or even the wind and conversely by the same means to find his way back to the point from which he started he should also be taught to recognize the phases of the moon and to judge whether it is rising or setting to test a man's ability to keep a given direction when moving at night the following plan is useful having chosen a spot from which no prominent landmarks are visible the instructor accompanied by the recruit will advance towards it from a distance of not less than two hundred paces while advancing the recruit must take his bearings on arriving at the spot chosen the instructor will turn the recruit rapidly round two or three times and then order him to continue his advance on the same line as before moving in the dark for this exercise three or four recruits with the instructor on the directing flank will be placed in line at about one pace interval some clearly visible mark such as a lamp should be placed as a point for the directing file to march on the instructor will impress upon the men the importance of lifting the feet up high and putting them down firmly and quietly also of keeping in touch with their neighbour on the directing flank and of conforming to his movements without sound or signal the pace must be very slow and frequent halts made to test the quickness of the men in working together 
as the instruction progresses each man in turn will take the instructor's place on the directing flank and the light on which they are marching should be obscured at intervals in order to test their ability to maintain the original direction when the recruits have thoroughly mastered the foregoing principles they should be taken to more difficult ground and gradually advanced to work together in larger numbers they must be taught to turn into single file for the purpose of passing obstacles and to form up rapidly in single rank again without noise or confusion it must always be remembered that the rougher the ground the darker the night and the longer the line the slower must be the pace and the more frequent the halts after passing any obstacle such as a ditch hollow road etc which does not necessitate turning into file it is always advisable to halt and make sure that the alignment is correct after passing an obstacle men instinctively line up parallel to it consequently if the obstacle does not lie directly at right angles to the line of advance the direction is lost i remember seeing a brigade thrown into complete disorder by the neglect of this precaution after successfully advancing for about a thousand yards on a very dark night in this case one flank of the line crossed a hollow road lying at an angle to the direction of the advance and forming up parallel to it advanced across the front of the rest and altogether broke up their formation general during the earlier exercises the men may be taken out without arms but as the instruction progresses they must be trained to work in full marching order each man must be taught to note carefully those portions of his equipment which are likely to cause a noise under special circumstances such as lying down rising up crossing an obstacle etc and to take precautions accordingly bayonets should always be fixed but to avoid accidents the scabbard should be on them special attention must be paid to seeing that the rifles are carried at the proper angle to prevent the bayonets clashing from the commencement of the training the instructor will not fail to continually impress upon the men that it is absolutely criminal to fire during a night attack and that the bayonet is the only weapon the assailants can use with advantage to themselves and safety to their comrades except during a brief period in the middle of summer it is generally possible to carry out these elementary exercises before ten p m and in the short winter evenings they can take place immediately after the men's tea it is always advisable that the men should have had a meal shortly before starting to work in the dark and if the weather is cold or they are kept out late they should be given soup or cocoa on their return End of chapter 2